The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. And our Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. As we go into the word of God, we thank you for opening our eyes to see and opening our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. All right. Um, welcome to our midweek virtual service. Um, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If something, if there's something, um, COVID changed. Is that COVID? <laughs> praise God. Amen. All right. So today we're looking at shine, and I want us to look at shine from the aspect of shining at our, you know, shining in terms of in our area of business, in our area of career, and in our finances. Praise God. Finances. Prosperity is not anti-Christ. Prosperity is not anti-kingdom. God's will is prosperity. God's will is prosperity. When we look at, man, when I see you again, that's your wife, right? How you doing? Are you okay now? All right. Now, prosperity is God's will. God's prosperity is God's plan. God's plan is prosperity, and God's plan is abundance. Hallelujah. It's very important for us to believe that. Very, very important for us to believe that. In Genesis, um, we find that um, in Genesis chapter number two, the Bible says that God planted a garden, and when he planted a garden, praise God, um, he put man in the garden he had made, and every single thing that um, man required in the garden was available, showing us that when God wants to do something, lack, all right, does not factor. Glory to God. Lack does not factor in. Lack does not factor in. If you look at the world, you find out that, and we examine it, you see that God actually created every single thing, you know, in surplus, in abundance. So we find out that abundance is God's plan, but scarcity and the not enough is actually a, a, a an effect of the fall. So you find out that men, because they are selfish now, want to take more than what they need to survive and deprive their fellow man and you know of what they also would need. You know, so you find out that scarcity poverty is not a work of God. Scarcity and poverty is actually a work of the devil walking through the unregenerated man and the man without the life of God in him. Now let's turn our Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And let us look at under the law. What did it say about prosperity? Now, rem- prosperity in the world. Now, remember what we said previously. We said that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. We found out that we can learn certain things from types and shadows, all right, by studying the Old Testament. Now, when we look in the New Testament, primarily when it talks about Riches, you know, riches most times in the New Testament is used to refer or describe what we have in Christ. All right. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Who had blessed us with what? All right. All 
spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you understand. So we find out that, all right, blessings and um, riches is used to talk about spiritual reality. And in the epistles, we find out that God, through the apostles, warns against covetousness and warns against, you know, making money God. So while we are going to be teaching about abundance and we're going to be teaching about prosperity today, while we're going to be teaching about excellence at our place of work, representing Christ properly, at the same time, we must not forget that there is a clear admonition in Scripture, all right, to not put your hope and your trust in what? In riches, but put your hope and your trust in who? In God. Is this clear? I said, is this clear? All right, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because why I said that was because when many believers are always on the side of, oh, I do not want to be covetous. I do not want money to get the best, best of me, all right? And in trying to do that, they now do not receive or are not able to receive by faith, all right, what the abundance God wants to bring their way. So they now begin to get to a point where they begin to feel guilty if there is abundance. Are you following what I'm talking about? You must not get into that extreme, all right? God wants you to have abundance, but he does not want money to have you. So that means that no matter how much money and how much increase you have, you must have the capacity to be able to surrender it whenever God actually has need of it. So if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 16, it says, Who fed thee in wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that um, he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy end? Then thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and might, might of my, my hand had gotten me this world. So that means God was the one that did it, but they got to a place of backsliding that they forgot that God was the one that did it and began to ascribe the success that they got to themselves. So he now says 18, but thou shalt remember what? That the Lord thy God, for it is what? He that giveth the power to get wealth, that he may what? Establish his covenant, which is where unto thy fathers, as it is this day. So look, look, notice this. He says, all right, God is the one that gives power to great wealth. But he now tells you the purpose for that power, the purpose for that wealth. What's the purpose? To establish the covenant. So that means God gives abundance for a purpose. Praise the Lord. God gives abundance for a purpose. God gives abundance for the purpose of you being stewards of those material uh, of material increase. Very important. You find out that the man who, all right, would be committed or who kingdom wealth and kingdom resources would be committed into his hands or material resources would be committed into his hands in the kingdom of God will be required to deploy those resources for the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. Now let me show you another example. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 1. Solomon had just been made king. Alright? In the place of his father David. And because he had just been made king in the place of his father David, alright, he was a bit overwhelmed because, you know, he was, you know, a young, a young kid and he has, he's, a, you know, he's a young kid who is, you know, taking over from the great David. David, the man of war, you know, the shoes were big, huge shoes to step into. Huge shoes to step into. David, King David, that was his dad. And he was to step into David's shoes and be king after David. But now look at what he did. All right. 
He says, And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David, until he had made an end of building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Now look at verse 2. It now says, Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. Now look at verse 3. It now says, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the status of David, his father, holding his sacrifice, and burnt incense in high places. Now verse 4, everybody really want to go. It says what? And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place, a thousand burnt offerings, the Solomon offer upon that altar. He offered a thousand burnt offerings. Alright, so what it shows you is this is, you know, this is, instead of offering one, he offered a thousand. What's this? This is uh, a reflection of his heart. So he's showing you how much he loved the Lord. So he offered a thousand bond offering in that he worshipped God publicly and wanted the nation of Israel to understand that God was very important to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright, so he worshipped him publicly. A thousand bond offerings did Solomon offer upon our altar. Now look at verse 5. It now says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Alright, because... Solomon is actually looking for something, you know, for him to go and worship God. That way he says, ask what I shall give thee. Ask what I shall give thee. Now, let me even stop here and, and say something quickly. You know, that conversation about giving and receiving, you know, um, giving, tithing, and all of that. Now, it's very important for us to realize that when we study through Scripture, you find out that when people gave in Scripture, what God rewarded was not the fact that they gave something. What God rewarded was that they honored him. Are you following? For example, remember Isaac. Isaac was about to die. And Isaac said, okay, I want to transfer the blessing of Abraham to somebody. So he now um, Jacob goes to Isaac, all right, deceives him and dresses like Esau. Then Isaac says that he should go and make what? A kind of meal, the kind that he likes, and get venison and all of that. All right. And um, Jacob goes and with his mom, they plan and they present that venison. It was an act of honor. It was not about the word, the venison. So the offering of 1,000 of sacrifices, 1,000 offerings by Solomon to the Lord was an act of what? Honor. The word honor in Hebrew is, uh, is, 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 is the word kabod. Kabod. Kabod means, is, is, is a word translated glory, but, you know, it also means something that is weighty. Glory to God. Something that is what? Weighty. Something that is valuable. Something that is majestic. So when we are talking about honor, we are talking about doing something that is weighty to you. Something that is valuable to you. So when you say you honor God, it would mean that you are presenting something to him that is important to you. Praise the Lord. To dishonor him is to present something to him that means nothing to you. So that means he is lightly esteemed in your eyes. But if he is highly esteemed in your eyes, it will show in your approach to the things that concern him. So with what Solomon did, he demonstrated that God was highly esteemed in his eyes and he showed and he was reflected in the offerings that he gave. Now it says in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, I want you to pay attention when it comes to prosperity. And you're going to see this principle at work when it comes to prosperity, all right, even amongst those who are not necessarily saved. All right? And you're going to see this principle. It's the principle of love. 
okay, the principle of love, the principle of selflessness, when you are not the focus, others are the focus. Praise God. Now, just pay attention. Look at what it says. He says in next verse, verse 6, he says, And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept from him this great kindness, that thou hast given his son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Look at verse 7. 7 now says, Well, and now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or what? Coming. Now, note something first. Solomon acknowledges that he is king because of God. You understand? Solomon acknowledges that he is in the position he is in because of what? God's divine all right, predetermination. Are you following? So that means he acknowledges God in the progress he has made and acknowledges God in the position he has arrived at. All right. Now, there will be many things he did in the natural that may have made him, you know, suitable to be king. But he doesn't point out those things. He says, it is God that brought me here. Praise God. Be careful when you get to a point where you begin to point to the things that you have done as the reason why you have gotten to where you are. Never forget that there are some other people that did exactly what you did and even did it better than you and are not where you are. Praise God. Now, he said, now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. Now, look at what it says. Eight. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Now, next verse, he now says, what? Give therefore thy servant, and what? Understanding what? Heart. To judge thy people, that I may discern between good and what? And bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a what? A people. So look what he's saying. He's asking for an understanding art, not to show off, but an understanding art for the purpose of leading the people. So that means he's asking for an understanding art, not for him. Oh, hallelujah. He's asking for an understanding art for the purpose of serving people. True financial prosperity comes from being other people focused rather than being me focused. Glory to God. One of the reasons why many do not receive divinely inspired ideas that lead to increase is because... The reason why they want those ideas is rooted in selfishness. Selfishness. Hallelujah. Divinity does not thrive in the soil of selfishness. Now, I'm going to be very practical with this teaching today. It's a practical teaching. It's not going to be a lot of Greek and Hebrew. Do you understand? Very practical. Divinity doesn't thrive in the arena of selfishness, which means you will not be able to grow in your divine side, in your divine nature, when selfishness is your motive. Self-centeredness is the reason why you're doing what you're doing. It has to be love, which means you are not the focus. Others are the focus. Give me an understanding at so that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people now look at God's response verse 10 and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing verse 11 he says, and God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor asked the life of thine enemies, but hast 
Ask for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Look at what God is saying. God is saying because your prayer was not self-centered. Because it was not about you. That's the problem right there. Many folks are too me-conscious. They are too I-conscious. Their prayer is just always about I, me, I, me, I, me. So it would not benefit heaven to commit much resources to their hands. Because when they have it, it's going to be expended on them and them alone. Praise God. So there needs to be a change in the reasoning. There needs to be a change in the mindset. There needs to be a change in the intent. Why? What's your why? Is your why you or your why others? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. I said, all right, next verse, verse 12. Look at it says, And behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise. Now, notice, he asks for what? An understanding heart. But God now says, I have given thee what? A wise and an understanding heart. So that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Hallelujah. Next verse. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not, hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. Now, what does this tell us? This tells us that the byproduct, glory to God, of um, is a, a desire for wisdom that is intent on helping others is that prosperity we follow. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, prosperity is going to follow. Prosperity is going to follow that. I, I, I'll give you an example. Now, guys, how many of you use Facebook, Twitter, all of those guys? How many of you use it? How many of you use it? Now, when you see those companies, they come and tell you, oh, they just want people to connect with each other. Is that correct? Now, how many of you pay to use it? Do you pay to use it? It is free. Is that correct? Now, yes, there's a way those, that company makes money, but they made it free for you to use. Now, there are many of you right now who have businesses, who have whatever it is that you're doing, even many churches that began to grow because of these platforms. Are you following what I'm saying? Because of this platform, because of what somebody built, and his vision was, I want people to be able to connect to each other at this, at this fast speed. You understand? And he made it free for everybody and says, let those who have money pay for these guys to have it free. Love. Are you following what I'm talking about? Love. All right? So you want to start a business. Why do you want to start a business? Is it so that you can be flexing Naoma? You understand? Something, something. I mean, no, no, no. Is it because you want to prove something to your dad who said you're not going to amount to much? Is it coming to prove to your mates in school that didn't think you're going to arrive? Is it because you want to prove to folks that someone that has a third class too can make it? Because they didn't think you were going to make it because you had a thought last. Is it because you want? No, 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 no. That's not the why. That's not the purpose. It has to be that you are doing this to help people. And you see, God has to do that work in your heart. Because when you give wealth and put it into the hands of a man who is very self-conscious, wealth is going to corrupt him. That wealth is going to destroy him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
is going to corrupt him, it's going to destroy him. Because wealth will make you get to a point where you will think that nobody can talk to you. Your father too cannot talk to you. If he talks, if he talks too much, you try to silence him with money. Are you following what I'm talking about? Yeah. Hallelujah. So you can see this right here. Hallelujah. Now, let me talk a bit more to let us understand that, listen, because we are people of faith, <coughs> we must understand that through the life of faith, we can solve financial challenges. You must understand that. We are not incapacitated, and we are not at the mercy of the economy of the system, uh, the, the system of this world. I want you to understand it very clearly. Look at Mark's Gospel 11, verse 23. All right, the law of faith is clearly stated here. Mark eleven twenty three, all right, and it's very important for us to have that mindset that when it comes to material resources, we have what we need. We cannot be denied. You must always have that mindset, and we have what we need, all right, in abundance. Praise God. We have what we need. We cannot be denied, and we have what we need in abundance. Say this with me. I have what I need. I cannot be denied, and I have what I need in abundance. Say it again. I have what I need. I cannot be denied, and I have what I need in abundance. Now, Jesus, in St. Mark's Gospel 11, shows us the principle of faith. Then he shows us the application of principles of faith. Now, notice I have elucidated love. Remember, the Bible says that faith works by what? By love. Second Corinthians 5, 7, it says faith which works by love. So that means that when faith is, the manifestations of the workings of faith is seen, or the manifestations of the working of divine faith is seen, the purpose for it or the, uh, the reason for it is love. All right. The reason why the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil was because God so loved what? The world. So that means the reason for the manifestation of the Son is the love of what? Of God. So that means faith works by what? By love. Say this with me. Faith. Faith works by love. Whenever you are not seeing manifestation in any area of your life, you have to check two things. You have to check, number one, are you applying the principles of faith? That's number one. And number two, are you walking in love? If you are not walking in love, your faith would not produce results or will not produce as it ought to produce. Because faith is a principle. Love is a principle. Faith is the principle by which God does what he does. Love is the principle by which he does what, what he does. So if you find yourself not getting manifestations as you ought to check those two places all right check it what are you doing as regards the principle of faith all right are you do you have set um, clear cut desires that you are expressing all right through faith feed words all right hinge on the scriptures all right do you are you walking in love are you walking no ill to your neighbor are you speaking no ill about your neighbor all right are you walking in the spirit are you walking as you ought to work or are you living every day with vengeance in your heart listen to me all right you would not be able to cause the flood of god's spirit that is resident in your heart to flow into the atmosphere around you when there is a, uh, uh, a vengeance issue, when there is a flesh issue, when you are not walking as you should walk. There will be, all right, an incapacitation. There will be an hindrance of some sort. So that's why Jesus said that if you come to pray and you bring your gift, all right, to the altar and you find that you have ought 
all right, you have an issue with your brother. What did he say? He said, drop your gifts at the altar and go and make what? Peace with your brother. Because if you drop your gift and there is vengeance in your heart and you are not walking in love or you are not in love with your brother, you are out of fellowship, so to speak, and the power of God to bring about the manifestation of that which you are believing for will not be manifested on the scene. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you following what I'm saying here? Now look how it says, principle of faith. It says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou what removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where in his heart, but shall believe that those things we said shall come to pass, he shall have what? Whatsoever he said. Now this is the law of faith. Praise God. This is what? The law of faith. By this law, you can come out of any situation. <laughs> Glory to God. I said, by this law, you can come out of what? Talk to me. You can come out of what? Now, look at us as a church, all right? So, just two years ago, two years ago, two, two years ago is 2019. Is that correct? Is that correct? Just two years ago, I remember, two years ago, we had just spent a year in this Sulele building. I mean, I mean, I remember the time when we, we, we got into the Sulele building, we had the rent that we paid. I remember how hard it was for us to pay that rent. You know, the lease. We paid it. Then, after that, I began to worry. Oh, God, let us be able to pay the next one. You understand? God said, don't talk like that. Begin to declare. Write it down, what you're expecting to come in. I remember that myself and my wife, we wrote, all right, believing God. Oh, praise God. Believing God that by the grace of God, um, the supply that will come to Oikea every month was going to be one million. So that means one million every month will make it what? Twelve billion at the end of the year. So at least we'll be able to pay the, four, um, the release of this one center. Hallelujah. And pay salaries. That was our faith. That was what our faith could carry. And believe it or not, at the end of that year, it was that amount plus some. Praise God. Then we change what we're believing God for. Then it got better. Let me tell you something. I found out something. In this kingdom, whatsoever your faith can handle is what you will carry. Glory to God. Whatever your faith can handle is what you're going to carry. I have, I'm not telling you... Um, uh, I'm telling you what I have seen. <laughs> Hallelujah. What I have seen. Whatever your faith can carry is what you handle. You will not carry with your hands a manifestation that is greater than the language of faith in your heart. You will not carry with your hand a manifestation, uh, all right, uh, 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 a manifestation greater than the language of faith in your heart. So, the moment the language of faith in your heart changes, it will be manifested in what you are saying. And when it is manifested in what you are saying, there will be a change in the circumstances and the things going on. Listen to me. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The world will lie up to your faith. The world will line up to your faith. That which you have believed and you are releasing in words will eventually cause the conformity of the world to you. That is something that is a law. It is the law of faith. It is the law of faith. It is an irreversible law. In as much as you activate it, it is in effect. Praise God. I said, praise God. It is in effect. 
So when the Lord told us in 2020, he said, this year for you is the year of what? Spreading. Hallelujah. Year of spreading. What are we finding out? We're finding out that we are, our reality is lining up with what? The words of prophecy. Our, reali- our reality is lining up with what? With the confession, what we have said. Are you following what I'm saying? So you now begin to find out that circumstances that were not, all right, lining up, all right, all right, to us before are lining up now. Why? Because it is the year of spreading. So every single thing in the earth must align to help us spread. Are you following what I'm saying? So you must understand it. So you see, there is no lock in spiritual things. There is only purpose and intentionality. You must understand these things. You must understand that you can intentionally put yourself in the path of faith, intentionally put yourself in the path of abundance and increase. Praise God. But you see one thing about faith. Faith is not trial and error. Faith is about consistency. It means that once you've believed it, you must always believe it. Once you believe it, you must always confess it. It is like salvation. Once you say Jesus is Lord, you cannot come and say he is not. If you say he is not, after you have said he is Lord, we will, come, we will, we will query the first time you said what? He is Lord. Because it will mean the first time you said it, you didn't really have faith. Maybe you are joining people to say something. Are you following? It's the same thing about what I'm telling you now. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. All right. He says, he says, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever what he said. We, do you have what you say? I said, will you have what you say? All right. Say this with me. I declare. Because the Lord of heaven and earth. Louder. Because the Lord of heaven and earth. Is my father. The Lord of heaven and earth. Is my father. This earth. Yield this increase to me. This earth, yield this increase to me. This earth, yield this increase to me. In the name of Jesus, I call forth support from the north, from the east, from the west, from the south, and I respond in the name of Jesus. I am not helpless. I am helped of God. I am helped of God. I am helped of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So how did God help me? He moved me from that place of apprehension and fear concerning finances. And he tutored me and mentored me. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Now, we're not only paying for this venue, we are paying for three other centers. And by the end of the year, we will be paying for seven. Is it seven? Six extra ones. We're going to even pay for the UK. The UK church, it is not from them they will, we pay from here. Then they will take over. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? It is by the law of faith. Listen, life will only travel in the direction of the flight plan you design for it. You will design the flight plan and say, hey, life, this is how you are going. Oh, brother, yeah. Amen. You are not, eh? This is how you are going. But you see, that kind of faith is not mechanical. That kind of faith is not mental. That kind of faith is born out of fellowship with the word. So it is a faith that is the fruit of fellowship. You must have intercourse with the word. You must meditate on the word. Because the word of God has faith inside. Glory to God. Anxiety, fear, usually is a symptom that you have not been eating the word as you ought to. 
that you have not been fellowshipping with the world as you ought to. There is no fear in love. So there is no fear in God. If you are afraid, you have to step out of God to be afraid. Are you seeing? I said, are you seeing this? Whenever you are hard thinking about something and fear enters, being afraid is symptom that you are out of fellowship. Because you can't find fear in God. You see, fear is, a, is, is present because of inadequacy of knowledge. Fear is present because of a lack of assurance of the outcome. But in God, all outcomes are decided. Glory to God. We in God, nothing is impossible. So if nothing is impossible in and with God, it means fear is eliminated from the sin. For if we already know the outcome of the thing, if we already know how the thing will end, then why would we be afraid since we know how it's going to end? So therefore, it says perfect love casteth out what? Fear. Because perfect love works by perfect and complete knowledge. A knowledge that is all light and there is no shadow. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. He said, he shall have whatsoever I see it. He shall have what? Whatsoever I see it. Whatsoever I see it. Say aloud, I have what I see. I shall not be denied. So you see that aspect? As a, as a priest of the Most High God, your words must be words of faith. You can Romans chapter 10 also in talking about faith for the law of faith as applied in salvation. You're going to see the same thing. Romans chapter number 10 quickly. And let's look at from verse 8 quickly. Hallelujah. Are you with me? All right, quickly. Let's get in there. He says what? But what said it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy what? In thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Now, you know, when you are reading the Bible, you know, there is the content, then there is the principle. Amen. All right, there is the content. And there is the principle. So when you are reading, you need to understand what the content, what is being said. We learn from that. Then we also have to learn from the what? The principle. I'll give you an example. If you look at the book of Genesis, you find that a principle was repeated several in the verses. It says, and every single thing reproduced afterward is kind. So that is a what? It's a principle. What was, the, what was the content? The content was that there was what? Mass reproduction. Are you seeing that? But the principle was that that reproduction was what? In, af accordance, in accordance with this kind. So, we now apply that principle in the new creation in that every man who is born again is born again after whose kind? After the, Christ, uh, after the kind of Christ. After the race and the genealogy, you understand, of Christ. So, you have the content principle. Now, here is talking, the content here is talking about salvation. But the principle here is the principle of faith to receive salvation. So, salvation is what is received. But the law of faith is how we what? We take the salvation that is offered. Salvation is the gift. Faith is how we what? We receive the gift. Are you following this? So, the principle of faith is the principle where which we are able to receive anything from God. Is this clear? 
So he says, but what say thee? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In verse 9, what does he say? He says what? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be faith. So that means your confessions with your mouth must be a manifestation of the realities in your heart. Hallelujah. So that means mouth work in faith must be preceded with what? Heart work. Are you seeing this? Mouth work, confession, must be preceded by a heart work. So that means, all right, you have to first of all settle in your heart what you are confessing with your mouth. Because, you know, for example, there are some folks that their theology does not accept abundance. So you need to settle it in your heart that God's will is for you to have it. But it's not God's will for it to have you. You must settle that in your heart. Because a double-minded man is unstable what? In all his ways. So if you are speaking this and that, you can't have what you, you know, you understand? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The Bible says, let not that man think he will receive anything from God. He said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask what? Of God. He said, but let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. All right? For he that doubted is like what? The reed of the sea. That is tossed what? To and fro. And I said, a double-minded man. So that means the man who is double-minded is a man who has not taken time to do a proper walk in his heart. That is where meditation comes in. That is where going to the word of God and settling the confusion in the word comes. Glory to God. So you have to spend time meditating on the word of God. You have to spend time meditating on the goodness of God. Everybody say God is good. Everybody say God is good. God is good. He's good. And he's a father. If there is any very important revelation you must have about God is that he is a father. And because he is a father, he is responsible. Hallelujah. He is what? Responsible. He is responsible. He is responsible. And he's responsible for your welfare. He is responsible for your uh for your uh for you being taken care of on the earth. He's responsible. Praise God. Praise God. He said, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now look at verse 10. He says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto what? Salvation. So that means the law of faith will walk with the word in your heart and with the word where in your mouth. Say this with me. The word, law of faith, louder, the law of faith will walk with the word in your heart. And the word where in your mouth. Now, praise God. There are many blessings of the Lord that we don't automatically see them in manifestation. Praise God. So, for example, forgiveness of sins. Do you automatically see it? You already have forgiveness of sins, is that correct? Now, um, righteousness, you automatically have it, right? Um, the indwelling of spirit, you automatically have that you've received Jesus, is that correct? But things like healing, you find out that when, when we look at the gift of the spirit, the Bible calls the, 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 one of the gifts, it calls it the walking of what? Of miracles. Which means that it's in you, the walking of miracles, 
all right, if you are sick, is in you, is available to you, but we need to work that manifestation word out so that we can see it. You understand? So also when it comes to supply, financial supply. When you got born again, you're not born again to nobody. You don't have one dollars in your spirit. No. But, glory to God, because God is your father, supply is yours. Notice in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, look at what Paul says. He says, my God shall what? Supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in what? Christ Jesus. That's a really powerful statement right there. Really powerful. He says, my God shall supply. So that means he is a God that supplies. He is a supplying God. He's a need supplying God. Glory to God. He is a need supplying God. He didn't say, my God shall supply all your wants. He said, my God shall supply what? All your needs. According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So you have need for a new house, you supply it. You have need for a new car, you supply it. You have need for a new job, you supply it. You have need for contracts and businesses, you're going to supply it. Praise God. You have need for a child, it's going to supply it. Praise God. You have need for supernatural intervention, it's going to supply it. Praise God. He will supply. For supplying needs is what he does. My God shall supply. All your needs. Did he say he shall supply part of your needs? No. He said, my God shall supply what? All. All your needs. So it is in God's nature to meet needs. It is in God's nature to supply needs. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It is God's nature to meet needs. It is God's nature to supply all your needs. All your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to touch a bit on something. And the reason why I want to touch on it is because of how important it is. When it comes to material prosperity, all right, you're going to find out that, especially if you look at it in the Old Testament, you're going to see that many times, all right, you find that God talks about blessing the works of their hands. So if you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28 real quickly, you're going to see that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, when we're talking about the blessings, all right, the blessings that were under the law, you find that God was talking about blessing their baskets, blessing their storehouse. So the blessing was on something physical. All right. So you find that there's that physical Deuteronomy 28 one. You find out that when it comes to material prosperity, it is not just a physical manifestation alone or, or physical effort alone. It is usually a combination of God's super on my natural activities. Are you following that? God's super, God's power on my natural activities. God's ability on my natural activities. Praise God. I said praise God. Praise God. So for example, you see someone like Joseph. Joseph, all right, was blessed by God. But how many of you agree that Joseph was a diligent individual? He was diligent, wasn't he? All right. He was diligent. He was not lazy. He was diligent in carrying out, you know, his responsibilities in um, Potiphar's house and in the prison. Diligence. So, yeah, he was diligent, but God's power intervened to move him from the pit and take him to the palace. Hallelujah. 
I said, Hallelujah. Now, look at what he says here. He says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently on the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Okay, this is under the law. Next verse. Verse 2 now says what? And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Basically, if you would walk in faith. Because hearkening to the voice of the Lord thy God is faith. That's faith. Now, it now says, verse 3. Blessed shall thou be we are in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. And everybody said... That's a good place. Say amen. Say amen. amen. All right. Next, I said, Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That's your children. And the fruit of thy ground. That is your labor. All right. And the fruit of thy cattle. The increase of thy kind. And the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket. And thy what? And thy store. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. amen. All right. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, these blessings are ours. Why? Because we have akin to the voice of the Lord. What is the voice of the Lord? The gospel message. Praise God. We have akin to the gospel message and we have believed it. So we are blessed. Say out loud, I am blessed. All right. He said, Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Verse 7. All right. Next verse. The Lord shall cause thy enemy that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee what? Seven ways. All right. Verse, verse 8. All right. He says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. Where? In thy storehouses. And in all that thou settest thy hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So he said, in all that you set your hand unto. So that means, if he's blessing you in all that you set your hands unto, it means that you have a responsibility to do what? To set your hands. Set your hands there just basically means what you do. Your activities. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen to me. Being a Christian has nothing to do with being a mediocre person, a lazy person. And let me, and let me show you something real quickly. All right. Um, Solomon, in speaking about Proverbs chapter 6. The blessing of God is upon you, but you will not manifest it if you're a sluggard. Have you noticed that the manifestations of God's spirit require your cooperation? So God gave you the ability to speak in tongues, but who spoke in tongues? Who speaks in tongues? You. God gave you the ability to heal the sick, but who lays hands? Who lays hands? Talk to me. Who lays hands? you. God gave you the ability to, what else now? To praise. Well, who actually opens their mouth and prays? You. God makes you, has made you the temple of the living God. But who is supposed to present their bodies as a living sacrifice? You. So you find out that all of the blessings of God require your actions for manifestation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It requires your action for manifestation. It is like equipping a building with solar panel. And you put all the light fittings, it has light and every single thing, ACs and all of that. All right. But what you enjoy in that house that I've put everything in is dependent on what you put on. Glory to God. I said glory to God. 
How many of you, your phone makes a phone call without you making a phone call? You know, if you start calling people, you know something's wrong. Maybe you put your phone like that, uh, and you just boom, you just start dialing. Then you query, it dies again. You know, something's wrong with the phone. <laughs> I was watching this uh, skit by Shaggy. You know this Shaggy guy that is a comedian? So he sold a fake iPhone. You understand? To a lady. So when the guy put, he put on the iPhone, you understand? Then the, the screen came, iPhone, that's H-Y, <laughs> P-H-O-N-E. Then the ringtone, you know that, that, so no, 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 he now came and said, nothing do your Miami. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know something's a problem. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So, the manifestations, God has given you the capacity, but the manifestation is up to you. So you find out that whenever there is no manifestation, it is not God's fault. Because what does manifestation mean? That word manifestation is phanerosis. It means to make visible what is present but not visible. So that means manifestation is just making visible what is, not, what is present but not what visible. That's what phanerosis means. To unveil, to make manifest, to make visible. That's what it is. So, for example, so it says the manifestation of the spirit. The only reason there is a manifestation of the spirit is because there is a spirit that has been what? Given to you to manifest. Are you following? So, it is because the spirit has been given to you that you can manifest him. So, the manifestation is your responsibility. The giving of the gift is God's responsibility. But the manifestation is your responsibility. The manifestation of the Spirit is what you do with the presence of the Spirit on your inside. Are you seeing this? So God has blessed you and empowered you to prosper financially. He has graced you to do so. To prosper in everything you lay your hands on. But that manifestation is tied to your activities. Are you with me? Do you understand? Now look at what he says quickly. Proverbs 6.6. 6. It says, go to the ant, thou slug. It says, consider our ways and be wise. Next verse, it says what? Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided a meat in the summer, and gathereth our food in the harvest. This is wise planning. One of the keys to manifesting wealth, material wealth and increase, is planning. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. It is what? Planning. What is planning? Planning... All right, basically, is that science of determining the proper allocation of your resources even before those resources come into your hands? In financial terms, we call it budgeting. Is that correct? Is that correct? Budgeting. Planning. You will not manifest. Material increase 
If you do not have order in your life, order, increase does not come into an environment of disorder. Did you hear what I said? Increase does not come into an environment of disorder. Increase does not come into an environment that has no plan. Hmm. No plan. A plan can also be defined as a vision. A clear vision for the utilization of resources. I'll, I'll give you an example for us also as a church. I tried using our church and my personal life to, you know, so that you can see, you know, for an example, and all, I, I can use other examples also. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right. Planning. Everybody say planning. planning. Everybody say planning. planning. Hmm. Now, you know, as a church, before, we could have, we, uh, I, I, we used to have emotional meetings. These years ago, which is, I'll just feel the Lord leading me for us to have a meeting. And I could have the leading this week and put the meeting to two weeks' time. I don't know if you understand. Then before I knew it, I'm already calling. Uh, you know, I want to have a meeting. Will you come? Yeah. In two weeks! You know those things have financial implications. So you now find out that we now want to spend money for a program we have no budget for. Praise God. Then even at that time, we didn't even have a bank account. So, <laughs> we didn't have a bank account. So what we're doing was... We had one brother, Pastor TV, was our financial, I, I don't know whether he's listening. He was our finance uh, person. So we were sending all our contribution to a personal account. And TV had only one account. So when they paid the salary, it entered. Then when everybody's paying their own, it enters his own account. So everything was now jumbo jumbo. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> How will we grow? No plan. Oh, hallelujah. 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 There are many people that have visions in their hearts, but no plan in their head. They have the vision to build a skyscraper, but there is no architectural design of the building. So they can talk with passion about it, but they have no blueprints. If there is no blueprint, if there is no step to achieving it, you are, you are, is it, who, is, who is the person that used to, is it Alice in the dreamer world? I'll be Alice in the wonder world. Who is that one that used to dream? You understand? Listen, listen to me. You will not see manifestation. Nothing grows without a plan. The God that gave you the dream, go to him for the plan. Hallelujah. He says, they have no guide, overseer or ruler, but they provide their meat in the summer. Why do they provide their meat in the summer? Because harvest is coming. 
Because when harvest comes, they cannot get any meat. So it is the meat that they've stored, they will eat till summer comes again. So this is planning and foresight. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Planning. And every enterprise is built by white planning. So I want to ask you a question. What's your plan? The plan you've gotten from the Lord. Praise God. What's the plan? You want to earn 1.5 million per month. You want to earn 2.5 million per month. You want to earn 4 million per month. Okay, praise God. You have written down in a sheet of paper that by the grace of God, I'm going to be doing 4 million in revenue every single month. I'm going to be doing 10 million in revenue in this one. Why, why do I want to have this much revenue? How have this much liquidity? It's because I want to establish the covenant of God on the earth. I want to sponsor the gospel. That's why I want to do that. That's good. Fantastic. Praise God for you. Now the question is, how are you going to get there? What's the plan? What's the plan? Oh, I'm a medical doctor. Okay, good. Fantastic. All right, a medical doctor. Okay, so you obviously, are you a medical doctor that's a medical officer? Okay, do you plan to specialize in anything that will increase your value? Are you going for residency? Okay, do your residents um, or consultants currently earn that much? What are you going to do that will get you to this level where this can be your revenue? You begin to pray. You, you, are you seeing this? So you, you, you see, you, you now begin to say this. Those questions will now guide your prayer. You will now begin to switch from what you have confessed with your mouth. You will now switch to a prayer of inquiry. Where you go to God and begin to say, Father, show me the Open my eyes. What do, I, what do I do? What do I do? Where do I go? You understand? This prayer of inquiry can take a week. It can take two weeks. It can take a month. It can take three months, two months, till your eyes are opened. Are you following? Till your eyes are opened. But you keep praying. You keep praying, Father, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Then God will give you that idea. This is what you should do. See, you must ensure that your relationship with God is not just this religious thing. You know, some people, I, have, I found something about folks, you know, many Christians, they like religious, you know, oh, the Spirit of God said he loved me. Yeah, I know he loves you now. He loves me too. He told me to. You understand? But I'm talking about, okay, this Holy Spirit that you say you know, are you saying that he doesn't care to tell you what you need to know to move you to the next level? Are you telling, do you understand? The same Spirit that moves other people, can't, can't you, you understand? Inquire! Inquire. 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 So this is what I want to do. You now begin to pray. Oh Lord. You begin to pray. You begin to pray. And you open your eyes. You now begin to find out. You will now begin to bring certain people your way. Praise God. But you have to plan first. Plan. You get the plan from the Spirit. You get the blueprint from the Spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You get the blueprint from the Spirit. One of the things the Lord gave us in church was this. I'll tell you, the Lord said, make the financial needs of the church as transparent as possible. Stop carrying the burdens alone. Praise God. That's number one. All right. He said, okay, get, 
you know, the way we now structured the ministry was that it was two to sign, and we have a CFO, and we have a head of admin, and we have a CEO, all right? And all of this have eyes on finances, every single thing. Then we audit our accounts. So you now find, we now even began to do something that two years ago, when we were praying for that one million, we now started doing something where, all right, sometimes I'll call the partners for a meeting, and I will put all of the analysis of the revenue on the board. Everybody could see it. So everybody knew by how much we needed to give. The Lord said, make it plain. Let your partners see. Let them know the numbers. Let them know what is needed so that I can speak to them as to where they come in. And that is what has happened. Praise God. That was the divinely inspired idea he gave. Praise God. I said, praise God. So don't sit in a limbo. You must know. After you've confessed and all, now inquire, Lord, what are, how, how are we doing this? How are we doing this? Praise the Lord. Now, another thing about planning now is this. I found out something about the Lord. The Lord does not sponsor waste. What did I say? The Lord doesn't sponsor waste. How many of you remember five loaves and two fish? That boy that brought five loaves and two fishes. Not two fish, not fishes. Five loaves and two fish, and they brought it to Jesus. And Jesus, the Bible says Jesus took the bread and the fish and he blessed it. Then he gave it to his disciples. Now his disciples break it and share it to the crowd. And the Bible says after they finished, they had many left. What did Jesus say? He said, gather up the fragments, ensure nothing is lost. That there is a principle. God does not sponsor waste. So one thing that you find is that when God is not, when you're not seeing increase, Financial increase and material increase, abundance, check it. You may not properly be efficient in what you currently have. Being efficient and being prudent in financial management is proof that you are ready to take more. Because God will only commit more to the person who will be able to manage it. Notice, in, I mean, remember the parable of the talent. The parable of talent. The Bible says that he gave them talent according to their what? Ability. So that means their ability to manage it was what determined what he gave. Their ability to manage it. Their ability to manage it is what determines what he gave. So now, this is where giving comes in. Because you find that giving is actually uh, a culture that ensures that you have a financial management system. So money comes into your hand, then you now have this culture where you set one thing aside for the gospel. Now notice, you notice that when you have that culture of setting something aside for the gospel, it will not be hard for you to set something aside for savings. It will not be hard for you to set something aside for investment and say that we are going to run house on this because the principle of giving is what it does is that it in brings into your life a culture of setting aside a culture where you don't spend 100 percent 
A culture where you don't consume everything. If money comes into your hand and you have a culture of spending everything, you will not have increase. You will not have increase. Because the man that eats bread, eats the bread that God gave him, and eats the seed that God gave him, will be without bread and without what? Seed. But the man who eats the bread but plants the seed, what's going to happen? In the time of harvest, he will have what? Fruit to eat. So you must understand these things. Praise the Lord. I said you must what? Understand these things. Planning. Hallelujah. Planning. Planning. You know, you find... Let me show you something. Uh, I'm going to use a principle in scripture to explain it. Galatians chapter number 4. I'll close soon. Is anybody learning anything from this? Hmm. You have a business. Eh? Don't worry. I'm going to try and make it as practical as possible because I want you to grow in your business. I want you to grow in your career because I'm telling you something. I have realized that many times some believers all right, have challenges with their faith when certain things are not, you know, the devil will not begin to, you know. But the truth about it is that most of those challenges are, they are not a challenge of money, but a challenge of wisdom and a challenge of what? Understanding. For example, let's say you have a business. Okay, let's say you are selling something. Like I was talking to one of my daughters and I was teaching her something, a business principle. And you're selling something. Now you've opened your business, you understand, your business, you know, your business and this thing. Or you have a business, but you have not registered the business and you have just a personal account. Now, when people want to buy something from you, do you know where they are paying? They are paying where? Into your personal account. So money is into your personal account. So as it's coming in, you are eating the money. You get so you bought seed. Imagine this you took hundred thousand naira, then you went to go and buy items you want to sell. Are you following me? Are you following? You now took it and you went to go and buy items you want to sell. Then you bought those items you want to sell. Now you now said, I bought all this hundred thousand, I want to sell everything for 250k. Now you now begin to sell, and the everything moves. You sold everything, Abby. Now they now pay that 250k into what. Into what? Your personal accounts. Praise the Lord. Now, as, as they paid, maybe you, you sold maybe over a period of two or three weeks. You understand? Then you now find that as time was going, you wanted to buy lollipop. You used the money to buy lollipop. You wanted to buy phone. Ah, nice phone. You used the money to buy phone. PS7 is out. You used the money to buy CS7. So the money that came in, everything, you have spent it. Now you are now believing God. For new money to buy new stuff so they can buy. Are you seeing that your world will be hard? But does it describe what many people do? Some will say, oh, they use it to pay school fees. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. So the blessing of God will not work in an unprincipled life. The man who does not work principles, though he is blessed, will not see manifestation. <laughs> praise God. I said, praise the Lord. He will not see manifestation. So, for example, this ministry, before one naira goes out, there is a protocol for it. 
there must be an approver. If you are buying a pin, pin, there must be approver. If I see pin that I didn't approve, I'm going, ah, how far? Where did the pin come from? Are you following what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's internal. There must be control. You can't just spend anyhow. Praise God. Then your business, why don't you open a business account? Amen? Why don't you open a business account and ensure that before money leaves that account, somebody has to sign. Don't make it one to sign. Make it two to sign. Make it two to sign. So that before the money goes out, there's an again. So by, by the time you are telling someone you want to take business money to buy you got, you know somebody, except the person doesn't have sense. The person is going to have fun now. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. Eh. Ah, I saw the latest iPhone. Ah. You now want to use business money to buy the iPhone. What is the purpose? Is it an asset to the company? How will we turn the assets to what? To make revenue. So it's not an asset. You just want to buy the phone to be using to make call. Hello, hi. Uh-uh. Are you following? So you see, all those principles, they are important in the journey of prosperity. And you see, many times people will hear this kind of someone and say, ah, ah, this is not, uh, you know, this is not in Christ's reality. Is it is in, in Christ, though? Wisdom is in Christ's reality, oh. Praise God. The Bible that tells you love your... It tells you uh, wife, uh, husband love your wife. Wife submits to your what? Husband. Praise God. Let him that steals steal no more. Let, let him walk in his hand the thing that is what? That is profitable. That he may be able to what? Take care of him and do that. Are you following? Those are practical wisdom. That is offshoots of in Christ reality. Hallelujah. Proper administration is the fruit of divine wisdom. That's why when you look at Solomon's life, you see proper administration. Where the queen of Sheba came, the Bible said that she was without strength. Why? She saw the structure in Solomon's house. And she said, ah, ah. She was like, ah, ah. she saw the way the comportment of his servant. She saw how everything. She said, and, and strength left her. Proper administration is a fruit of divine wisdom. And where there is administration and order, there will be increase. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where there is administration and there is order, there will be what? Increase. Let me round up and say, even in ministry, when there is no order, you will not see prosperity in that church. Praise God. You, one time, our church was still at Calabar Hall. So I invited one of my friends. You know, I, we, we had one prosperity entrepreneurship stuff. I, I remember that time. We don't do stuff like that anymore. But then we did something like that. I invited a friend. The guy was a, was a big boy. He had been a big boy for a while. He's in the IT space and all. So... After I was in, he said, ah, how can I give? We were classmates when we were in university. How can I give? He wanted to write us a check. <laughs> but there was no account. <laughs> I now said, I can give you an account. I want to write us a check. Will you write the check in someone's name? Are you following what I'm saying? Administrative order. Brothers and sisters, let there be order in your life. Praise God. 
Let there be order in your life. Let there be order with your finances. When your salary comes, what is the sharing formula? How much do you give? How much do you save? How much do you invest? Then how much do you live on? Order. Where is that order in your life? Praise God. Where is the order in your life? And you find out that the moment you put order in, the moment you put a system in, hallelujah, praise God, the moment there is a plan, there will be increase. And you know something? It is only the man that plans, that can even measure increase. Amen? So some of you, you have been praying for increase, but you don't know that the increase has come. Hallelujah. Because you don't keep records. You don't keep records. If there's anything I want you to learn something, this, uh, uh, you know, bring order and administration into your life. Then when you are believing God for something, ensure that what you are believing God for is measurable. And because it's measurable, you yourself begin to measure. Are, are you following what I'm saying? You yourself begin to what? Begin to measure. So, for example, let's say you ask, you ask God for increase. Now you confess and all, and you're asking God for a plan, and you're believing God that increase is coming your way and things like that. Now what do you now do? What do you do after that? So begin to measure. So let's say uh, you, you are believing God for increase and you work. You, you just work. You work and you earn salary. Okay, begin to measure. Okay, this month salary came in. Then also measure things that came in that you didn't buy with your money. Maybe somebody just wanted to bless you with something and somebody blessed you with a gift. Quantify it. Oh, how much is this going? Add it and look at it. And we go, oh, wow, see how God has increased me. Praise God. Praise God. You measure it. Then again, if you're a business person, you measure how much sales you have done. You write it and you measure it. Then you compare it with the last month. Oh, I increased by 20%. That's increase. So you measure it. Measure it. Keep excellent record. And put order and administration into your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when it comes to spending, let there be a control system before the money leaves your life. Don't, just be, don't be an arbitrary spender. All right? Do not allow somebody to use their emergency to become your emergency. Do not let somebody use their agege bread to pack your agony beans. Hallelujah. Master how to say these words. Everybody look at me. No. What did I say? No. What did I say? No. no. Say it in different accent. No. 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 Why someone just come and say, you see, eh, I, I, I came and I went, I came and I went, I came and I went. Can you just give me urgent 100 key? <laughs> no. Praise the Lord. No. Someone's emergency must not be your what? Emergency. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm telling you? Yeah. Plan. Plan. Your disorderliness should not now bring disorder into my own life. If you don't learn this thing, you will find out that increase will be hard for you. If you learn it though, you're going to find out that increase will be what? Something that you, are, you now would understand. You now begin to find out that once you understand the principle, you will know how to get it to happen again and again and again. Later on, I'm going to be talking about how you can intentionally increase your value. 
and your what? Okay, all right, in the marketplace. And I will show you from scriptures. You find out that in, I think, the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about how that, all right, a blunt axe wearies the user. When an axe is blunt and you want to cut the tree, you know you're going to put a lot of effort. Eh, guzu, eh, guzu, eh, guzu. But if you want to bring that tree down, what do you do? Sharpen that axe. Many of you, the problem is that in your career, you are not sharp, you are blunt. You are not up to date in the training. You are not up to date. You are not up to date in the tools. You are not up to date in the knowledge. You don't know what is cutting edge. You are absolute. You are dull. Top dollar goes to the guy who's at the cutting edge. Who can off? I mean, one of the things I do by God's grace, my wife doesn't understand. I sleep typically 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And most times, if you call me by that time, I will not pick because usually those times I'm acquiring knowledge. That's what I do. I just acquire knowledge. And my body, the way my body is, no matter what, I, if I sleep, I will wake up 6.30. Even if I sleep 4 a.m., I'll see wake up that 6.30. I don't know why. My body has just adjusted to the time. I'm trying to find how I can sleep some extra hours so that you understand. But what am I doing? I found out that when you take in, you know, the Bible talks about that when you go for knowledge, all right, knowledge causes there to be increase of precious things and you know things like that. knowledge is very important, very important commodity, very important. Go, you must make sure you assimilate knowledge. Go for it. Stop spending time on useless social media pages, talking about to to You understand? They are useless information. They don't useless. Go to YouTube. YouTube has correct information there. Praise the Lord. Go on. If you're in finance, go and spend time in those financial history, you know, Wall Street. Or, you understand? Type some terms that you don't know. Somebody is talking about it. That's where you should burn your data. Get to a point where when people are discussing things, you can talk about it passively. Because the thing has entered your subconscious mind. Are you following what I'm talking about? So question was mine. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I work in a bank and I was with um, the client today and I was sitting down across from them and you know, you know, obviously banks we want to say hello and all. But one of the things I was selling was advice you. I said, let me advise you on your business. And I began to talk to them. I talked like that. I said, you do this before I knew I was going. The people I came to talk about, they were bringing people and writing. Yes, yes, number one. What else? Number two. Because it was valuable. It was valuable. I've been at places where I'm going to, I'm going to this and the person that I went to this wants to poach me. <laughs> wants to poach me. Thank God we are okay. You understand? <laughs> you have to be cutting edge. Cutting edge. Praise God. Cutting edge. Hallelujah. You have to be caught in, you have to be at the ah, you can't be at the back, God forbid. You are the head, you are not the tail. So, in terms of knowledge, you must be in the head spectrum. Praise God. When they are talking, talking, they should wait because you have not spoken. 
Because they know when you speak. Are you following what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's who you are. You're a believer. Don't You have to shine in that space. Shining for Jesus at the workplace. Amen. If you come to, listen, if you come to your workplace and you are saying, repent! All the fornication must stop. You know they will drive you out of the place. If you go to your workplace, maybe you go to Aksamansat and you take a bear. Palam, palam, the gospel is the salvation message. Jesus is Lord. You know they will kick you out. Then if you go and cry discrimination, they will say, no, it's a workplace. It's not crusade ground. Hallelujah. But if you excel there, some people will come close to you. If you are doing well, some people will come close to you. Before you know it, when they come close to you, we use no opportunity to what? Share the gospel with them. Are you following what I'm talking about? Yeah. We are the cutting edge. Praise God. So next time we'll talk about that. Being at the cutting edge and doing things excellently. How you can have a plan concerning that. By the Spirit of God. You will see it. In, it's in the Word. Daniel was exactly like that. Joseph was exactly like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were exactly like that. If you understand, all right, the preparation of the Jews, you find out that they give themselves, all right, to crafts and skills and excelling at it. Mediocrity is not a kingdom attribute. Laziness is not kingdom. When you are lazy and you are laid back, you are walking in the flesh. You are walking in the flesh. There are books you are supposed to read. You have not read them. There are materials you are supposed to You have not. You are walking in the flesh. Walking in the flesh is not only fornication and adultery. Laziness is walking in the flesh. Slothfulness. Hallelujah. Slothfulness. Laziness. The spirit of the man born again is not lazy. It's fervent. It's not slothful in witness. What? But what? Fervent in the Lord. You can't be a, a brother in Christ and you just wake up. Ah, there's nothing, no, no work in this country, this Buhari economy. Eh? Are your hands with you? Yes. Check your leg. Is your leg intact? Yes. Check. When I say one, two, three, are you saying? No. It means your mental acuity is intact. My brother, everything you need to prosper, you have it. You have it. Praise God. In fact, you can, your own can be that you just be dishing out knowledge. Just say six months, every day, I will, be, I will take a topic. And I will trash it every day. I will tweet about it. I will do live video. I will do whatever I did. I will trash it every day. After six months, they will come to you and pay you to get that knowledge. Don't, you understand? You probably remember you are not hungry. Are you hungry at all? If you, are, if, you are, if you are hungry, then show your workings. Show your workings. Show your workings. Show your workings. The fashion guy that wants to sell this thing and he's sleeping, no business has come to my shop. My brand, Kini, why don't you start talking about your this everywhere? Did they, do you know where ah, time is time is fast spent, but I can tell you one thing that I want you to know. Listen, if you are hardworking and you are in Christ, poverty will be far from you. If you are hardworking and you have a plan, poverty will be far from you. You'll be going forward and onwards. 
Praise God. We go on one and four. I'm telling you from experience. Praise God. There's a life at work in you. That life has defeated poverty. Did you hear what I said? It has defeated it. Manifest it in all that you do. Praise God. Lift up your hands and speak in other tongues. God bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nankata la baba baba sata kababa haya. Rakata kababa baba sata kababa basuta. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.